Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dear family. Good morning, beloved. How are you? All is well because God is on his throne. That's why all is well. It will always, always be well if you put your trust in him. Always, always, always. Um, we are we are happy or sad, uh, not because of circumstances, although we can be sad, that's all right. But um, we need to trust, deep down, we need to trust that God, nothing touches us, that God does not allow, nothing, nothing at all. So we are good, and today especially is the first class feast of the Epiphany. Epiphany means manifestation, revelation, and it was the culmination, it is the culmination of 4,000 years from Abraham on, well, no, from Adam on, actually, um, because the fall of the garden, the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, um, uh, brought the promise of a Messiah through the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. Through her son, the serpent um, would be thwarted, and um, Christ would reign, and so and the curse would be reversed, and all who put his trust and her trust in him would be made new creations in Christ. And so that is 4,000 years, actually 6,000 years now, but 4,000 years till the birth of Christ, from Abraham to Christ, and for the Savior to be born in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David, because he comes from the line of David, and he not only condescended to become a little child, but then our food, which is why he was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem means the house of bread. Beth, house, le, the, hem, bread. Bethlehem. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And um, Epiphany, which um, everyone knows, well, many people know of the, the three wise men, the kings, that came to visit the babe. But um, very few understand that the Epiphany is the Epiphany the manifestation, the revelation of the God of the whole world, the God of Abraham, I man, um, first in the form of a little child, but truly man, 100% man, while remaining 100% God. And he came through Israel, for Israel, and for the entire world. And I've said before, for the entire world is not plan B. It, there's no plan B. It is always God's plan A from the beginning that Christ would come through the people he formed for himself, Israel, not because they were wonderful, uh, God called them a stubborn, stiff-necked people, but it's a people God made for himself, and he brought the Messiah through them, not because of their faithfulness, but because of his faithfulness to his covenant with Abraham. And, um, and so Christ... Um, the three wise men came from the east, and not Jews. The Gentiles knew um, that the Savior somehow was born, and they came 
just as the angels revealed the birth of the Messiah to the shepherds, and the shepherds came to the stable, so somehow um, the wise men knew um, to follow the star to Bethlehem and found the infant, and that was the manifestation of uh, our Lord himself, Jesus, whose name means salvation to the Gentiles. Gentiles is, means nations. Nations are not defined by physical borders, but by peoples. To the peoples, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people, all the same thing. Um, and that was his revelation to the entire world because he came for the entire world. He's the savior of every single soul. Oh, that every single soul would accept him and know him and adore him. Um, faith is a gift, but um, God has given us so much to know him. He's put the knowledge of himself within us, and the scriptures say the heavens declare the glory of God. They declare that there's a, a maker, that there's a designer, that there's a creator, that he's a God of order and beauty and design. But he came to live within us. The kingdom of God is here, and it is within his people. He has, from all eternity, um, he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And from all eternity, he planned to come to us twice. And once he came 2,000 years ago, as a suffering savior to um, save us from our sins and live within us. Um, he will come again as a reigning king. And many Orthodox Jews who don't believe in Christ, they see through Isaiah the prophet that um, there are, uh, well, they see there are two comings of the Messiah. And so... Um, many have concluded there's two messiahs. They don't conclude there's one messiah with two comings, but that there's two messiah. Messiah um, ben Joseph, Joseph, uh, and Messiah ben David, uh, the son of um, the uh, messiah means redeemer, anointed, and one would be of Joseph, uh, and one would be of David. And um, but. There's not two messiahs, there's one, only one, and he um, is Messiah ben David, um, uh, Mashiach, um, he is the Messiah of the family of David, as always promised, from Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through the tribe of Judah and the family of David, the Messiah was born. And if you read the genealogies in scripture, um, you will see that he is from um, the line of David. And every single scripture in the Old Testament points to him. Every single theme of every single book in the Old Testament points to him. Every feast points to him. Every sacrifice points to him. Every piece of furniture in the Old Tabernacle that the... Um, uh, Old Testament tabernacle, everything points to Christ, who is its fulfillment. History, as one has said, is his story. History is his story. And there is nothing done from all creation that does not point to its fulfillment, which is Christ who said, I did not come to abolish the law 
but to fulfill it. The law is his law. Um, and he came to fulfill it, and fulfill it he did. And will he come again? He will. Um, but now, beloved, is the time to give your heart to him. If you have not, and if you have, um, uh, if you're not Catholic, you need to come into the Catholic Church. It is the fulfillment of all God has done in all of history. It is the church he established and spread to the four corners of the earth. Roy Shoman, an Orthodox Jew who uh, became Catholic, who um, he doesn't call himself a, con a convert, but an, an entrant uh, into the fullness of Judaism, which is what he calls the Catholic Church, Messianic Judaism. It is Judaism uh, fulfilled in its Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. He is the savior of the entire world. He came as Romans says, Romans chapter 1, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the non-Jew. <clears throat> There's two peoples in the world, the Jews and the Greeks, or the Jews and the Gentiles, the Jews and the other nations. That's the way God set it up. The Jews don't make themselves a special people. God did it. And in many cases, uh, the Jewish people, and I came from Jewish seed myself, many of you know, it's very embarrassing to me to, uh, Paul says, the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, a um, uh, truly a, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, um, um, uh, I think um, he said that we would win the world. The Jews would win. The Jews were the first Christians, the first followers of the Christ, the Greek word for Messiah. Um, he said by making the rest of the Jews jealous. Well, I wish that were the case. I wish not only Jews made the rest of the Jewish world jealous because the Messiah has come, but I wish every single Catholic would so live their faith that they'd make the rest of the world jealous because we have everything that could be had this side of heaven, just as the Jewish people prior to Christ were the most graced people in the world to have the oracles of God, to have the law of God, to have everything that they could have this side of heaven. And now, through the Holy Spirit in them, through Pentecost, um, God has given them the mission, the Jewish people, the mission to preach the gospel to the entire world. And they failed. But yet, on Pentecost, they received the Holy Spirit. And they were made new. And God said to them, okay, now you go into all the world. Now you have the power within you to live the mission I gave you back in Isaiah. Uh, to, pre to, be, to be God's people to the rest of the world. You failed a million times. But now you have God within you, the Holy Spirit himself. Now go to the rest of the world, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the corners of the earth and preach the gospel and that's what they did that's what they did salvation is of the jews they did that and the rest of the world is christian today because of their not their failure but their obedience and success but now we catholics have the baton we are fulfilled in christ the gospel spread to the four corners of the earth, came to us, and we have that mission now for the rest of the world. Beloved, we'll be right back after the break. 
is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. We offer several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we are have been speaking about Epiphany, the revelation, the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles through the Jews, the people that, the Hebrews, the people that he formed for himself. Uh, they were called Hebrews from the beginning um, and became known as Jews, the Jewish people, through the tribe of Judah, uh, which means pr- to praise God. Um, and um, the Messiah came through them 2,000 years ago and was born as a baby. Unbelievable that a man can't be God, but God can become a man. God can do anything he wishes, and he did that through the Jews, for the Jews, and for the whole world. And the Messiah was revealed to the whole world on what we call today first-class feast of Epiphany. If you are in the Latin church, uh, rather go to a traditional Latin mass, you will celebrate today the feast of Epiphany in the Novus Ordo. It was moved to uh, last Sunday, in, in, um, at least in our country, um, in America. <clears throat> and um, I personally find that tragic, as I've mentioned before, because I know tragic is a pretty strong word, but nobody, we don't know our faith anymore. We don't know who we are as the people of God. Um, We need to bring 
the face of the Messiah to the entire world. Yesterday was the vigil of Epiphany. The eve of the Feast of Epiphany is the 12th day of Christmas. It's called the 12th night. Um, <clears throat> and it is it begins the celebration of Christ revealing his divinity in three ways. And that's uh, first to the Magi, <clears throat> who guided by the great and mysterious star of Bethlehem came to visit him when he was a baby, Matthew chapter 2, and then secondly through his baptism by St. John when the Spirit of God descended as a dove, came upon him, and there was heard a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Matthew chapter 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1. Every gospel. And all three persons of the Most Holy Trinity were manifested. All three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, were manifested right there. Because God the Son was in the water being baptized, um, and the Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove, and the voice of the Father was heard. And then thirdly, through his public miracle, that of the wedding at Cana, when our Lord turned water into wine at the request of his mother, John chapter 2, just as God's first miracle before the Egyptian Pharaoh through Moses was turning the waters of the Nile into blood, our Lord's first miracle was turning water into wine. And in many Catholic homes, um, maybe most especially Italian homes, but not only Italian homes, it is not Christmas Day that is for giving presents to children. We mentioned this yesterday, but it's the Feast of Epiphany when the gifts are given in a way related to the Magi. So today, Epiphany will have a feel of Christmas itself. And yesterday would have been Christmas Eve because of the Epiphany's association with the Magi's gift giving. Tomorrow, which is today, I'm reading a a brief article now, tomorrow, today, is often referred to uh, colloquially as the Little Christmas today. The Epiphany is referred to as the Little Christmas, and it is today that gifts are given. I know families who give one gift for each of the 12 days of Christmas. It's so beautiful, beloved, to do this with your families. Because if Christmas morning, families wake up and they see 100 gifts under the Christmas tree, if you're able to do that with lots of children, it's a very exciting time. But it obscures the meaning of Christmas. To give one gift for each of the 12 days, or to give the gifts on Epiphany, um, you teach the faith by how you live and what you do. It is today that the three kings reached the creche um, and, um, and that the child Jesus would be adorned with signs of royalty such as a crown and ermine and gold or purple cloth set up golden candlesticks around the manger where he lies. And along with the crowns, scepters, gold, and royal purple, peacocks are also a symbol for the day. They are more generally a symbol of immortality and therefore a good symbol for Easter also, but also a symbol of royalty and of the glory revealed by Christ today, the Epiphany. The most profound symbols of all, though, are light as a symbol of theophany. Theophany means the appearance of God. And there are several theophanies 
in the Old Testament. The appearance of God to man is a theophany. <clears throat> Wine in memory of the miracle at the wedding in Cana, water and the dove in memory of Christ's baptism by St. John, the three kings, their gifts, and the star of Bethlehem. And typified in the Old Testament by the Queen of Saba, or Sheba, who entered Jerusalem with a great train and riches and camels that carried spices and immense quantity of gold and precious stones in order to ascertain King's, King Solomon's greatness. <clears throat> the three magi entered Jerusalem bearing gold, frankincense, and myrrh for the newborn king. The fathers, the church fathers, see in their gifts omens of Christ's life, the gold as a sign of his kingship. The gifts of gold and frankincense were both prophesied by Isaiah in the sixth chapter of his book. The frankincense is a gum resin, a dried tree sap from the Boswellia tree, native to Somalia, Somalia um, and southern coastal Arabia, as a sign of his deity. Frankincense, a sign of Christ's deity, mixed with stacte and onicha, I'm pronouncing these terribly, and sweet galbanum, it was used by Moses to set before the tabernacle as an offering to God and was considered so holy to the Lord that it was forbidden to use profanely. Numbers chapter 30. <clears throat> and finally, the myrrh is a brownish gum resin from... Um, a certain tree, I can't pronounce it, let me, let me try, Comifora abyssinica tree, native to eastern Africa and Arabia, and used in embalming as a sign of Christ's death. Myrrh, along with cinnamon and cassius, was used by Moses to anoint the tabernacle of the testimony and the Ark of the Testament. Again, Numbers chapter 30, and it has um, analgesic, uh, analgesic properties too and was offered mixed with wine to Christ on the cross, which he refused, Mark 15. Nicodemus brought myrrh to anoint our Lord's body after death. The Golden Legend, written in 1275, by Jacobus de Voragine, Archbishop of Genoa, describes the gifts thus, this way. By these three be signified three kings that be in Jesu Christ, the precious deity, the soul full of holiness, and the entire flesh, all pure and without corruption. And these three kings be signified that were in the ark of Moses. These three, not kings, but things, um, be signified that were in the ark of Moses. The rod which flourished, that was the flesh of Jesus Christ, that rose from death to life. The tables wherein the commandments were written, that is the soul, wherein... Um, wherein be all the treasures of sapience and science of Godhead. The manna signifieth the Godhead, which hath all sweetness of um, suavity. By the gold, which is most precious of all, metals is understood the deity. By the incense, the soul right devout, for the incense signifieth 
devotion, and orison. By the mirror, which preserveth from corruption, is understood the flesh, which was without corruption. <clears throat> and, you know, we sing... Um, a song that describes the day We Three Kings of Orient are was written in 1857 and speaks of the, the symbolism of the gifts. And I'm going, to, I'm going to speak it. Maybe you've already sung it. We three, maybe they'll mean a little more now, the, the words. We three kings of Orient are bearing gifts we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. And then the refrain, O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. Then the next phrase, born a king on Bethlehem's plain, born a king, beloved, on Bethlehem's plain, gold I bring to crown him again, king forever, ceasing never, over us all to reign. Frankincense to offer have I. Incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, gladly raising, worship him, God most high. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume. Breathes a life of gathering gloom. Breathes um, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying. Sealed in the stone-cold tomb. See, it speaks of his birth and his death. Did you ever realize the words of this song? Glorious now behold him arise, King and God in sacrifice. Heaven sings Alleluia, Alleluia, the earth replies. It speaks of his birth, his life, and his death, and his resurrection. That's quite a song. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. And today, Epiphany is meant to guide us to his perfect light. And I've said before that the traditional time of Christmas is not over on Epiphany or the Feast of John the Baptist. I think I have, I'm not sure about the Feast of John the Baptist. Um, um, different churches celebrate different days, but it is... Uh, February 2nd, the Feast of the Presentation of Our Lord in the Temple. Also, the Purification of Our Lady um, and Candle Mass. Three feasts on that one day. Candle Mass to signify that the light of the world has come. And traditionally, churches have had processions with candles to show the world that the light of the world has come. Um... There's the music. There's the music, beloved. We're going to go to our break, and following our break, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. Uh, call in with anything on your heart. I don't, as you know, always have the answer, but we can look it up. We can get the answer, and there are people who are um, ahead of us and have the answers for us and have published them online. We could look that up. Um, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Prayer to St. Michael O glorious Prince of the Heavenly Host, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and in the fearful warfare that we are waging against the principalities and powers, against the rulers of this world of darkness, against the evil spirits. Come thou to the assistance of men whom Almighty God created immortal, making them in his own image and likeness and redeeming them at a great price from the tyranny of Satan. Fight this day the battle of the Lord with thy legions of holy angels, even as of old thou did fight against Lucifer, the leader of the proud spirits, and all his rebel angels who were powerless to stand against thee. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And that apostate angel transformed into an angel of darkness, who still creeps about the earth to encompass our ruin, was cast headlong into the abyss together with his followers. But behold, that first enemy of mankind, and a murderer from the beginning, has regained his confidence. Changing himself into an angel of light, he goes about with the whole multitude of the wicked spirits to invade the earth and blot out the name of God and his Christ, to plunder, to slay, and to consign to eternal damnation the souls that have been destined for a crown of everlasting life. This wicked serpent, like an unclean torrent, pours into men of depraved minds and corrupt hearts the poison of his malice, the spirit of lying and piety and blasphemy, and the deadly breath of impurity, and every form of vice and iniquity. These crafty enemies of mankind have filled to overflowing with gall and wormwood the church, which is the bride of the Lamb, without spot. They have laid profane hands upon her most sacred treasures. Make haste, therefore, O invincible prince, to help the people of God against the inroads of the lost spirits and grant us the victory. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And uh, this is our half hour today, together, and our lines are wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. And it's toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and asks, if a person thinks they're committing a sin and chooses to go through with it with the act anyways, but they later learn that the act was never actually considered sinful to begin with, is that person still liable due to their sinful intent? Well, dear one, I don't know what canon law would say to that. Um... Because a sin is a sin, and if it's not a sin, it's not a sin. However, I personally would go to confession for that. It's definitely not mortal, but I would go to confession as a venial sin to think that I thought something was a sin and acted against God in that way by my willful choice. Um, at least it was my intention to sin, even if it wasn't a sin. And I would go to confession for that myself. I would. Because um, otherwise, we really go against our conscience, which we should never do. Um, so if I thought something was a sin and I went ahead with it, 
And then someone said, well, it wasn't. I'm not going to say, oh, good, 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 great. No, I'm not, because my heart was set against God. And I, I want to confess that. So I would. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we have an email from Charlene. Um, and Charlene says, good morning, Mother. I'm a 67-year-old woman who lives in New York and lost my lucrative job. My two daughters, who are also unemployed, live with me. Oh, dear. I am consecrated to Mother Mary, St. Joseph, and the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and live my days for God. Good for you, Charlene. However, my daughters are not attending Mass and will not return to church because of the current situation in our church. They do not trust our Pope and therefore do not see a reason to return to church. I pray for this daily in my rosary and through novenas. Thanks be to God, they have agreed to say prayers every Sunday, which does not seem like much, but it is giving me hope that it will lead to the return to the church. Pray for us, Mother, and I would welcome any advice you can give me to convince them to return to church. I do not want to push them, for I fear I will push them further from our Lord. Please pray for us. Love your show, Mother. Happy New Year. Um, Well, Charlene, you're in an awful situation. You lost your job, and your two daughters are unemployed. I, I don't know what your source of income is, but uh, at 67, I'm guessing your daughters are somewhere in their 30s or 40s at least, um, and they also need to be contributing financially to the house. Um, you need to tell them that a lack of trust in our Pope has nothing to do with their going to church. It is not the Pope's church. It is Christ's church. Um, The Pope could be a heretic. He could be living in mortal sin. I'm not saying he is living in mortal sin. He could be any of those things. And I would say to your daughters, why would you leave your eternal destination uh, to a man who you don't trust, who is in the position of being our Pope? If you don't trust him, then don't trust him. But do you not trust Christ? Your life is not in the Pope's hands, but it is in Christ's hands. And if you don't go to church on Sunday, you are in mortal sin, unless you absolutely cannot go. Lack of trust in the Pope is not an excuse for not going to church on Sunday. And so um, you need to tell them that if they're going to leave their eternal salvation to a man who is Pope... The office is sincere. It's it's very serious. But they will wind up in hell because they are not children of the Pope. They are children of God. And if they disobey God and uh, base their lives on a Pope who is a human being like them and fallible, then they are destined for hell. I would tell them that. I would also... um, Don't be afraid to give them the truth that you'll push them further away. Don't do that. Because at this stage, I think they need something to face reality. Um, That's what I would say. Um, You are living before God. Uh, The Pope does not control your, your destiny, but God does. And if you refuse to obey him, um, you will wind up in hell by your choice, by your own choice. 
also, um, Charlene, um, you have lost your job and your daughters are unemployed. I don't know why they're still living with you. They certainly, uh, if they're not handicapped, they're able to live on their own. And if you allow them to continue to live with you, they must bring in income. They must go get jobs, no matter what it is. Sweeping the streets, helping uh, serve food in a school, let them do anything. But they need to help contribute to the house. Um, We have a call from Debbie in Pennsylvania. Hi, Debbie. Good morning, Mother. God bless you. Good morning. Thank you, sweetheart. You too. It has been a nightmare. I mean, hearing about what's going on that I literally watched and chills just go up my spine of mm-hmm. what they're doing in, at the mass. At the yeah. mass. Yep, 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 yep. That's, I know. You've, heard, I you've know. seen it? I've seen awful things. I've seen, uh, in and again, in Cardinal Supertures, Chicago, um, utter uh, debaucheries, utter debaucheries. I saw one video of a supposed mass that was a circus, complete circus, band and dancers and lights and nothing to do with God. It, it's just awful. So but I'm with the, you, Debbie. The, Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, fall over. Oh, I know. It's, it's I know. Oh, horrible. you mean, no, say your last sentence. I'm hardly able to hear you. Say it again. The ho- The host was mm-hmm. spilled over because somebody jumped, ran up, and hugged the priest. I saw, you saw the same video I did, and the entire ciborium with the host was poured out on the floor. That's right. I saw that. Oh. It's insane. And the words of consecration were also changed. It's it's insane. Yeah. And now, <clears throat> I, know. I just heard about the, our father was changed. Do you know, they're just leading people in so many different directions we cannot right. take her off. You're right, Debbie. You're right. And see, I have a problem, Mom, because uh, I have my my older children living upstairs for me since this whole pandemic, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. That's a good way to say it. That's a good word, pandemic. Uh-huh. No doubt. They've taken the the deadly juice. um, Uh. And it saddens and breaks my heart. And they just Mm -hmm. have the 16-year-olds. 11-year-olds, they don't believe in God upstairs. And I've been praying, you know. Your 16-year-old and 11-year-old both took the vaccine? I'm grandma. They're trying to push it on the kids because they really believe that. Oh, I got you. Okay, got you. Uh Baby. They just had a baby uh, that's only like eight months old. And they have Mm -hmm. a 16-year-old and an 11-year-old. But then baby's baptized and that scares me but there's not you know when i ever talk about god i don't know how to approach them anymore because well how awful in the basement now because they don't want me talking about god keep god to yourself we don't believe okay i i i would i don't know mother i don't know what to do anymore i don't know if there's a right or wrong way you know anymore to talk about it because they don't believe and i mean i i I just don't even know but i miss my grandchildren i really do and it's sad why do you miss them they won't let you see the grandchildren no because you mean you're living in the same house and they've put you in the basement and you can't see the grandchildren 
was my choice to move down and, and thank thank God for everything that I have that I'm unworthy of. That I did have a, a finished basement that I do live down here and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I miss my grandchildren. I want Why do you care. miss them? If you're living yeah. in the same house, why because, do you miss them? Because they won't allow me to see them. So What do you mean they won't allow you mean you don't even have meals with them? No. Sometimes, and why won't know, they allow you to see? You're, you're in a prison. You're in a cage. Why won't they allow you to see the grandchildren? Because they said you're crazy about this whole nonsense of your back and your and God and your Savior. You're just evil. What about your sins? And I said I have to count for them too. We all do. They, there is no. They don't believe in God. I guess. But you know, can't do anything. Well, I tell about you that. what. I tell you what, Debbie. Um, it's an awful situation. It's your house? Grandma. No, it's actually not. I gave it up. I don't want anything. I want nothing. Cause I trust you gave it to belongs. them? You gave the house to them? Belongs to a friend um, and my daughter. I gave her name's on it. I okay, and I you're living in the basement by your own choice. What if you um, tell your daughter... Let me just make a suggestion here. It, it, for you not to see your grandchildren, for them not to know you, that's pretty bad. What if you say to your daughter, I don't want you to give in to evil, but what if you say to your daughter, I want to be a family, us to be a family. I want to be with the grandchildren and you. I want them to be with me. Um, and you say, I will not mention God again. I will not mention God again. I won't mention sin. I won't mention God. I can keep that to myself. I haven't changed my beliefs, but I don't have to speak about it. I want us to be a family. And because my thought there, Debbie, is if, as a true Christian, you can live a life of love and not judgment, you know, they don't feel your judgment, um, and there's no criticism, and there's no preaching, and you, as as uh, Saint Francis says, um, speak, uh, preach the gospel without words, and you never say anything. You show no disapproval on your face at all. You don't correct the children or anybody else because that's their mother's job. Um, and you just live a life of love with them. They know what you believe, and the children will know that you 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 present a life of love to them. Um, what about that? Because you might bring them to God by your love, by your through your silence, by your love, um, and show no judgment whatsoever, only kindness and love the way our Lord did when he came into the world. He came to be among sinners to bring us to God. And he didn't correct the way they lived. He only spoke of God. What do you think about that? That's wonderful, and I thank you for that, because I'm very humbled by that. That's why I wanted to talk to you. Okay, sweetheart. I'm speaking about it. You know, don't push your beliefs on me. Stop. No, then don't. Then stop. Okay. Then stop. Right. She's okay. giving you a way to live with them, and I would, I would take it, and I would embrace it. Um, and it, tell her that I won't talk about my faith. No, don't tell her that in a, in a angry way. Just say, um, you know, I, I, 
I'm I'm sorry for the you know that that this has caused such a rift between us, and I will not speak of my faith anymore. I will not uh, anything. Don't worry about it. I just want to live with you, and that's it. And just you can bring them to you by your life of love. Um, oh, there's a story I'd love to read. I would just love to read it. Um, it's called. Um, it's called The Burglar's Christmas. It's so beautiful. No, it's not called. It's, it's a different story. It, it, Burglar's Christmas is fabulous. But this is even a different story. If I, it, We don't have enough time. There's the music for our break, and we'll only have 10 minutes coming back. If I can read the burglar story over the air tomorrow, um, I think it'll take a whole half hour. I'll try to read it, Debbie. Listen to that. It's just beautiful, and I'll try to read it tomorrow. Okay, there's the break, dear one. Um, God and our Blessed Mother will help you. Okay, God bless you. We'll be right back. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station when it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. This is our last segment. We have a little bit more than 10 minutes, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Our lines are wide open still, and the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a
have an email from Ruben who says, Hello, Mother Miriam, I have a question for you. Does the Catholic Church allow Catholics to attend wedding ceremonies that are not Catholic? To further explain my situation, I've read that the Church does not permit Catholics to attend non-Catholic wedding ceremonies. My sister-in-law, who's a fallen away Catholic, is getting married in September. Her wedding will not be a Catholic wedding. I'd like your response to my concern as I'm being persecuted for refusing um, to attend the wedding ceremony. Thanks and God bless. Reuben, you're being persecuted because people have fallen away from the faith, even Catholic people. I looked up the law of the church, which says this. I'm reading an article right now from Catholic.com, Catholic Answers. Hold on. It says when any cat see there's different situations, a different for a total non-Catholic, a total non-Christian, then a non-Christian, a non-Catholic Christian, and then a fallen away Catholic. When any Catholic, even a lapsed one, gets married, he must have a Catholic wedding ceremony in order for his marriage to be valid. The Code of Canon Law states, quote, only those marriages are valid which are contracted before the local bishop, pastor, or a priest or deacon delegated, delegated by either of them um, who assist and before two witnesses. Canon 1108.1. Uh, if a Catholic wishes to validly marry any other way, uh, for example, in his finance, finance fiancé's Protestant church or elsewhere, he must obtain a dispensation from his bishop um, to not have a Catholic wedding. Um, This is ordinarily handled through his local pastor. If he fails to obtain a dispensation and proceed with a wedding outside the church, his marriage will not be valid. Um, Unfortunately, it goes on to say, it is somewhat common these days for a lapsed Catholic to simply ignore his obligations in the Catholic Church and get married in a Protestant wedding or civil ceremony. Instead, he might think, I'm no longer Catholic, so I don't have to worry about it. This is wrong thinking. Once a person is Catholic, he remains bound by the laws of the Church, even if he falls away. Canon 1117 states, quote, The form prescribed above must be observed if at least one of the parties contracting the marriage was baptized in the Catholic Church or received into it. No exception is made for a lax Catholic. Um, and they give an example here, which I think is very good. Imagine an American citizen, of course, Being a Catholic is much more serious. But imagine an American citizen proclaiming, I no longer consider myself to be an American, so I don't have to worry about breaking federal laws. It doesn't work that way. A citizen cannot arbitrarily exempt himself from justly enacted laws. The same same applies to state laws. If a man fails to get a marriage license, the state will not recognize his marriage. He might move to another state but he will then become subject to the laws of that state. 
being a citizen of the Catholic Church is somewhat similar, but there is no place to where one may move that he is no longer under the jurisdiction of the Catholic Church. The Church has universal jurisdiction. So it's, it's a lengthy article, and you can certainly go to Catholic Answers, catholic.com, and uh, under a, a heading, Should I Attend the Wedding or Not by Jim Blackburn, see the full article. Um, the Church does not have a law forbidding you to go um, to a non-Catholic wedding, but to go to a wedding of a lapsed Catholic um, you're giving a wrong witness. You're giving your approval. You're saying this is a good thing when in fact uh, they are entering into sin. And I would not go as a witness and support that. So um, absolutely not. You're um, not absolutely not, but I would not go. And I think the church would encourage you not to t- attend that wedding. Um, but also to explain um, to the person, to your sister-in-law, that if you go, you're going to be, you're going to be approving what is basically going to send her on her road to hell. Um, it will not be valid in the Catholic Church. She will be uh, sinning against God in a non-valid marriage, according to the Catholic Church. It will be listed according to the state, but it will be invalid according to um, God, because they are. Uh, not married in the church and without a simple without a dispensation from the bishop um, so that that person will be your sister-in-law uh, will be in spiritual uh, harm putting herself in great spiritual harm you need to explain that to her and if she does not want to follow through and get a dispensation she may say <clears throat> okay then I'll get a dispensation if she's getting married in September there's time for her to do that and to get a dispensation she must renounce her catholic faith if she's not willing to renounce her catholic faith then she will be living in grave sin we have kurt my friend from boston hi kurt hi Miriam. how are you well i'm okay long time that i haven't spoken long with time. you merry christmas happy new year all of that kurt and, and blessed yes, epiphany it, it, and it's you as well, and, and I'm hearing about all these calls, and we're, we're talking about, you know, they don't believe anymore, and people are walking away, and mm-hmm. and you're hearing about all the confusion in the church, and what I would like to say, that it's just coming into my mind, is that, you know, how can I say it? I, I came into the church after Vatican II, but yet I... I'm trying to follow the traditions of the church because I said, you know, the church isn't 60 years old. It's, it's almost 2,000 years that's old. That's right, and, that's and right. Then some. <clears throat> so, you know, just as a common sense thing, I said, gee, what would the saints do in this? You know, because when I came into the church, I mean, like you know, I was Episcopalian, so here I am doing a mock mass in the Episcopalian church, and then I come in and I see, you know, Catholics doing, you know, Basically, what they're doing, and they're standing up and receiving communion in their hand. Yeah. Now, I was receiving bread and wine on the tongue. Right. Amazing. What I'm trying to get at is they changed the discipline. Of course, you can't change the rubrics because it is what it is. That's right. I've said this to Jeff Havens as well. And I like his uh, speech, Enough is Enough. And what I'm getting at is if, if people don't understand 
what the church is teaching, and the cardinals, the bishops, and the priests are preaching this new theology in the, quote, spirit of Vatican II. I would like to ask the question, is this spirit before the original draft or after the original draft, which was rejected? You know, because, let's face it, the first draft of Vatican II was doctrinal. Not doctrinal, but you know what I'm saying. They they stuck with the Latin. They stuck with all the... the That's right. They did. And from what I'm seeing is, you know... The way the world goes, uh, I mean, the way the church goes, the world goes. So what's happening? We're following the world. We're not just following the the world, Kurt. We're not just following. There's the closing music there, one. We're not just following the world. We are destroying it because we are responsible for uh, being leaven in the world. And we're being anything but it. We're not being an influence for God or for good. We are making a mockery of God and the Catholic faith before the world by these things. Kurt, I'm with you all the way, but there's the music, sweetheart, so we have to go. God bless you. I'm so glad you called in today. I know your heart, and it's wonderful. And God bless all of you, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.